candlelight service, and so we are thankful just to gather tonight. So tonight is going to be a little bit shorter, a little bit more of just a, a simple service, that sort of thing, but uh, following our service, what we are going to do is make our way to the back, and uh, after we blow out our candles or turn off our uh, candles, uh, and we'll put them in the boxes in the back, we'll head to the Fellowship Hall and uh, eat some cookies. There's hot chocolate. I think there's coffee and things. So thank you guys who have brought, brought those things and made all that possible. Um, so here's what we're going to do tonight is we're going to go ahead and get started. I'm just going to open us up in prayer. And then after that, we're going to have a congregational song. And tonight's message is going to be in, in two parts. We're going to be looking at the Christmas story essentially in two different places. That's the, that's the cradle and that's the cross. The, ultimately, the Christmas story is not complete without the cross of Christ. And so tonight, we're going to be reminded as we see the lights, as we get to hold lights and, and pass as well the light, we're going to be reminded that Jesus himself is the light of the world, and that he has called us to be a light in this dark world. And so uh, we're thankful that we can gather, that we can um, just take time to praise the Lord for his goodness and his kindness to us. And so without further ado, let's pray tonight, and uh, we're going to jump right into things with a, a song, all right? Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this night. We're grateful for your faithfulness, grateful that we can gather tonight. Lord, thank you for so many families and, and young families, Lord, to come tonight, Lord, to be able to just to show our young people and, and, and old and middle age and everybody else in between, Lord, that we can take time to gather together in unity to worship Christ, Lord, that we can see the, the imagery and the pictures of Christ as the light of the world tonight, that we can see um, that we are called now to be light in this dark world as well. And we pray that tonight that we would look uh, not just at the story of, of a baby who's being born, but that we would see the account of God's divine plan, your divine plan, Lord, to, to save us from our sins. And we thank you for such truth. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. And turn to hymn number 281. 281, a very beautiful, inspiring message in this song. What child is this? Luke 2.17 tells us they make known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. What child is this? We'll sing all three verses. What child is this? Good Christian, fear 
beautiful song, What Child Is This?, to think about such a truth. Uh, on Sunday mornings, we've been preaching through our, our Christmas series, uh, the, the Christ of Christmas, and we've been looking specifically um, at who Jesus is and the beautiful truths of that, but specifically answering that question, what child is this? We consider this is, this is no ordinary child that was born. This is no just regular old baby who's born in Bethlehem on that night. This is the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, this is the everlasting, the eternal world, Word of God Himself. The, the Word made flesh. This is the promise of God fulfilled, the provision of God given, and the presence of God now abiding in His own creation. And so we're going to see that this is the theme tonight, but here in this first portion of Scripture reading and, and sort of a message, if you will, I want to give two verses in, in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7 uh, tells us, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. Just about a page over in chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 tell us, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon His shoulder, and His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even uh, henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Here in these two passages, we find the great truth that was preached not first by Isaiah, but first by God himself. In Genesis chapter number three, we find the fall of mankind. God had made man, man was in a perfect place, walked with a perfect God, and yet he chose imperfection. He chose death. He chose sin. He chose to willfully disobey God. But in the very beginning, God's mercy and His grace is seen. 
His promise is described and proclaimed to His own creation. He says in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This truth, this promise, this covenant that God made with His creation to explain His redeeming purposes and His Redeemer that will come, it will be through the seed of the woman. That seed of the woman is the same seed that Isaiah is prophesying about that will come, born of a virgin. We find as well that it is the same one that Isaiah is talking about, that he shall be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and that his kingdom will come, and that it will come and it will have no end, that he shall rule and reign forever and forever. Now these are wonderful truths, but in Isaiah what we find as well is that great truth of the presence of God. There are three things that we find that God promises there in Genesis, here in Isaiah, and as we're getting ready to see in the book of Matthew as well. We're going to find this in every other book of the Bible, all throughout the Scripture, because this is the message that God has given and declared to us. It is that He has made a promise to us, a covenant. This is His Word. He has said He will perform this, and He will. He, he said that He will send a, a Savior, and He has. He said that He will redeem and save His people from their sins, and He has. He said that the government shall be upon His shoulder and His rule shall have no end. That day is coming, where Christ shall rule and reign perfectly and completely forevermore without ever any more curse. We long and look forward to that day, but as well, God gives the provision and the promise and the provision of God. The Word and the work of God is found in Jesus Christ. This Christmas, what we find is not just that God came and put on flesh to, to die on the cross for our sins, but this is the beautiful masterpiece that God has been weaving for us for thousands and thousands of years. From the very first sin, these promises have been given, proclaimed, and now we find them each fulfilled in Christ. But as well, we find the presence of God here. Turn with me to Matthew if you do have your Bible. Matthew chapter number 1. We're going to see in verses 18 down through 25 in this first portion tonight that these promises are given, the provision of Christ is given, and as well the presence of God, Emmanuel, God with us. There's no greater presence than His presence. There is no greater present than Him Himself. The greatest gift of Christmas, the greatest gift to the world, the greatest gift to sinners is this perfect little babe who is ageless and infinite and mighty and, and wonderful and counselor and mighty God, the Prince of Peace. He is the everlasting life, the everlasting Word of God, the everlasting One who created all things, sustains all things, that nothing that was made was made uh, without Him. He has created all these things, and now yet He comes to be born to fulfill all these prophecies, but to come for a very specific purpose. This was a baby that was born to die. He did not die though as an infant. He didn't die in His mother's arms. He didn't die as a toddler, as a young adult. No, he, he died as a grown man, the God-man, perfectly representing God, perfectly representing man, because only the God-man could do such. And he died for us. This was the purpose of which he came. But Matthew tells us of this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. She was sinless, uh, sorry, excuse me, she was not sinless at, this, at, at any point in time, but this child would be sinless. And what we find, though, is that they had not come together, uh, Mary and, and Joseph, uh, her, her uh, future husband. They were at this point in time in their, 
their betrothal period, that it is essentially a done deal. And what is about to happen is that verse 19 tells that Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. What we find is that there was clearly some, some issues going on here. His future wife is turning up pregnant, but yet we find in verse 18, found a child of the Holy Ghost. Because this would be no ordinary child. This is the promised seed given in Genesis. This is the promised one in Isaiah that a virgin shall conceive. This same one, Mary, who would give birth to Jesus Christ, would one day have to call Him Lord as well. This same Mary who would bring Jesus into the world would one day have to bow her knee and worship Him. Because He is God. She is giving birth to the promised Savior. She is giving birth to the promised King. He says in verse 20, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. His very name is the idea of Savior, that of Messiah. And this is the promise and the provision of which Christ has come for that He shall save His people from their sins because there is no salvation outside of Christ. Now all this was done that it might fulfill which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call His name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted is God with us. What a thought this is because man could not get to God that God came to man. He left heaven and came to earth so that one day we can leave earth and go to heaven to be with Him. This is the truth of all of the Scripture. This is the very reason why Jesus came to save His people. Because they could not save themselves. He says in verse 24, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took it to him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. We find that they obediently name him Jesus because that is what the angel had said. This is a prophecy fulfilled. This is an act of faith and obedience. And what they're going to have to see, and what others would see, is that this Christ child who would be born miraculously, none other has been born like Christ. Born of a virgin, it doesn't happen that way anymore. Never has happened before her, after her. And it wasn't because she was worthy or deserving. It was simply because of God's grace. And through this, God brings forth His only begotten to demonstrate to the world that His promise there in the garden is coming true. His provision of salvation has come, and it is only through His Son, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Tonight, as we focus on these things, and we're about to hear a song here in just a moment, and as we get into the second portion of this Christmas message, what we're going to see tonight is that Christ is the message. Christ is all that we need. That Christ is the focus of Christmas. That tonight, if, if we didn't have the, the Christmas lights, if we didn't have the cookies after this, if we didn't have presents under trees or trees in our homes at all or lights outside of our homes, if we didn't have any of that, Jesus, this perfect baby who grew up and died for us, that is the focus. Not just now, but after the first of the year, He's still the focus. Come halfway through next year, He's still the focus. Jesus must be the focus, but especially at this Christmas time. 
I'm going to ask Miss Cammie. She's going to come and, and she's going to sing a song for us. Listen to these sweet words as we think about this Christ child and, and what this meant that God would come to us. lip sync she can do it
tonight, <clears throat> we think about that night. Um, think back. I want you to do something for me real quick. I want you to think back to the night you were born. Y'all remember that night? Remember it just like it was yesterday? Now, there might be somebody in this room that remembers when you were born. I don't know if there's a few, few parents and things. You remember when your kid was born, right? Grandkid, maybe? Now, you might have thought that was a special night. And it was, don't get me wrong. Your grandkids and, and kids, they're precious, absolutely precious. But there was nothing like the birth of our Savior. This is God coming to us. And, and He came for such a purpose, such a, such a purpose of which He didn't have to come, but He chose to come. He came out of His love. He came out of His grace and His mercy. He came to save us because we could never save ourselves. He came to shine a light into the darkness. But as John tells us, darkness comprehended not. He was despised and rejected. He was, came unto His own, and His own received Him not. He was unwanted. Uncared for, except for probably at this point on that night. His mother, and there's Joseph, still figuring out how, how all this happened, but trusting the Lord. But I want to fast forward here. It would be lovely if the Christmas story ended at just the manger. There in that little town of Bethlehem, how still and that silent night and all those things, but it progresses. Jesus would be despised and rejected from His birth. He would be despised and rejected in His life, in His ministry, by His own people who should have seen their Messiah coming, who should have longed for that day, who should have seen it clearly that this is our Lord that God, our God, our covenant-keeping God, our merciful God, has given to us. Instead, the opposite happened. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 11 tells us this, And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him <clears throat> to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would, and they had a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy uh, had, they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife, uh, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. From his birth in the accounts, we find that the government was out to destroy him then. They were out to destroy him now, and they still are today. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all said unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why, what evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could, that, uh, he could prevail nothing, but that rather atonement was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of this blood of this just person. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. 
Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put him put on him a scarlet robe. As we read earlier, and as we see in Luke, he was first clothed, swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Here now others will strip him and place upon him this scarlet robe. And then when they platted a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the rope off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, but mingled with gall. And when they had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my gar- garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there and set up over his, uh, uh, his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right, another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the King of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will, uh, if, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there then that heard that said, this man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now in the centurion... And they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly this was the Son of God. Here we find the rest of the Christmas story. Why Jesus came. He came to die on a cross that should have been a wicked man named Barabbas dying on that cross. He died in the middle with thieves on his right and on his left with those before Him and even those next to Him, except for one, praise the Lord, would trust Him. But nevertheless, people all around Him despising and rejecting Him, mocking Him, ridiculing Him, reviling Him. And yet all the while He reviled not. All the while He spoke not against them. All the while He did not cast them to hell or open up the earth as He could have and swallowed them whole. He did not bring down fire and brimstone 
No, instead, he willingly gave up his life. It was said as they mocked him, he saved others, himself he cannot save. It was the same Jesus that said, no man takes my life from me, I lay down my life. I pick it up again. Here, Jesus was not killed by Romans, he was not killed by Jews, he laid down his life willingly because of your sin and mine. He who knew no sin became sin itself. There in that darkness, the light of the world himself is enthralled and overwhelmed by darkness. A thick darkness. A darkness as the very wrath of His heavenly Father is now being poured out upon Him so it would not be poured out upon you and I, those of us who have trusted Christ. Tonight, do you know Jesus? I want you to know this Christmas season, the greatest thing that could ever happen tonight, long before we get to cookies, and those are pretty good, long before we get to presents on Sunday or whatever else you might be doing, the greatest thing that you can ever have and know is to know Christ. That Jesus came and died a death that you deserved. He lived a life that you could not live. And He rose again the third day according to the Scripture to give us hope, freedom, everlasting life. To give us something that we could never have on our own. The Bible then tells us in the very next chapter, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. They had seen Him die. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and His raiment white as snow. And for fear of Him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here for He is risen. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Tonight, we can celebrate this great truth. Jesus Christ didn't stay in Bethlehem. He didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the tomb. And He's coming back for His people. Tonight, as we transition now to this time for candle lighting, what we're going to do is we're going to get ready to dim the lights. I'm going to turn off these stage lights. I'm going to work my way down here. and What we're going to do is as we have these lights, either one, if you have, a, have one of those fake lights, <laughs> one of those fake candles, you can turn that on here in just a moment. As we see here, we look around and we see the beauty of these Christmas lights. These lights aren't going to shine unless they got power. Am I right? I'm no electrician. Not much of a preacher, but I do know that much about electricity. Here we've got one light. Had several tonight who asked a very important question that had real candles. They said, how do we get it lit? <laughs> I thought to myself, well, the way you get any candle lit, right? You see, back there we were passing out candles. Real and fake. And as we do this, though, what we see is that if we got a real candle, we need a real fire. We need a real flame. We need something real to have us have our candles lit as well. See, Jesus Christ Himself is a light. You and I cannot be the source of our own goodness, our own righteousness. You and I can't be the source of our own joy, our own peace, our own comfort. You and I... And our flesh only bring darkness and sorrow because our flesh loves darkness rather than light. 
the light has come into the world. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has came to take us from darkness to light. To cast forth the darkness from our heart. But as well, Jesus then calls His disciples, His followers. He calls us to be now the light of the world while we're in it. So What we find is that you and I live in a dark world, don't we? We live in a world that seems to be growing darker and darker. This often discourages us. This often causes us to have doubts, concerns. It causes us to feel all sorts of things. But it should cause us to do one thing, and one thing only, and that's to look to Jesus. You and I can only be the light that we are called to be when we look to Christ. The moment that you and I don't look to Jesus as our source of light, as the one that we're to depend on, it seems as if we start having our light get a little dimmer. We talk about little children's songs, about this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, right? Let it shine till Jesus comes. Hide it under a bushel? No. And what we've just done tonight, we've gotten to see this light get passed around from person to person. You and I, though we've never gotten to see Jesus in the flesh, one day we get to, praise the Lord. But nevertheless, until that day, you and I have the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the light that is now given to us. You and I now have a light that is very much alive, burning brightly within us. And now you and I are called to do in this dark world what we've just done with one another. And that's to take a light that doesn't come from ourselves, but comes from another, and to pass it on to another and to another. Now, as we notice tonight, we already had some light from these Christmas lights, and they sure are beautiful, but as you look around for a moment, go ahead and, and do so without catching your neighbor's hair on fire. <laughs> it's pretty, isn't it? It's beautiful when God's people let their light shine. It is glorifying to God when we let our light shine. But as well, what do we notice about the room? It's not as dark as it was before. Though this world is dark, and though it feels it's getting darker, it takes one candle. It takes one light. You and I are simply called to reflect the light of Jesus, to point to the light of Jesus, to tell others about the light of Jesus. You and I are called to light the way to Jesus, to, to do everything and all that we do, it points back to Jesus, the true light of the world. What you and I find is as we begin to pass this around, what did you have to do? You had to get close to a neighbor, huh? You had to get your hands close together and even cover and protect that flame to keep from getting blown out. Because what we find is this, that even the more that you serve Jesus in this world, what you're going to find is that it seems that the devil attacks, the world attacks, your flesh attacks, and wants to snuff out that light. Wants to keep you from passing on that light. Wants to keep you to try to be a light to yourself, but I want you to know, a light to yourself, you will burn out quickly. We need one another, don't we? The church needs the church. 
And above all, the church needs Christ. This world, believe it or not, needs Christ. (laughs) Needs the light. But while they are in darkness, this light does not draw them as much as we'd love it to. It seems to repulse them. It seems to show them their sin, but yet in so doing, what it is doing is it is showing them their darkness and showing Christ's goodness. What you and I must do this Christmas season is really begin once more to have hearts to not only share our light, but to pray that those who are still yet in darkness would have their hearts changed and their eyes open to not be repulsed or to reject the darkness any longer, but rather to embrace the light of the gospel. I noticed something as I passed it around and probably even as you look around now, when you're holding this candle and you're looking around and you see the beauty of it, it sort of brings this sort of glimmer and smile to everyone. The reason being is because I believe that this reminds us as simple as it is of what Jesus has done for us. Tonight as we're getting ready to close this up and we're going to go eat cookies and all that good stuff, I want us to be reminded of all that the Lord Jesus Christ went through to come to us. I want us to be reminded of that while our time in this world is so short, And while this world seems so dark, we can be a little light. Tonight, I want you to sing with me and sing louder than me. (laughs) Because, well, I'm not (laughs) Cammie. But tonight, as we hold these candles, before we blow them out or turn them off and go eat cookies... May we be the light in this dark world. And as we blow out these candles and turn them off and the, we turn the light back on here in just a moment, may we not have anything in our life snuff out our spiritual candles. May we not have anything in our life keep us from spreading the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother Rick's going to get those lights on for us. and What we're going to do here is we're going to close in prayer in just a moment. And as you get those candles blown out, I'm surprised nobody sang happy birthday with those candles on tonight. But, but tonight, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to ask if Eddie would come up with those boxes for us. And uh, we're going to have the boxes up here on the front row so that way you can put the real ones, just drop them off in the box that's for real candles, and the fake ones, just turn them off and drop them off in the fake candle box, all right? I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to mosey our way on out this way. We've got cookies and hot chocolate and coffee and all that stuff. 
and we'll have a good time of fellowship. But I'm so glad that each one of you are here, thankful that we could celebrate the Lord who came to us, and I want to as well just invite you back this Sunday. I know it's Christmas, but we want to meet. We're called to meet, and I believe it's uh, important that we meet to worship the Lord. So we're going to meet here, no Sunday school or PM service this Sunday for Christmas, but we will be meeting at 1030 for worship. We've got some goodies for each one that comes out, but we're grateful that we can praise the Lord tonight. So let's pray, and then we're going to let you guys uh, make your way on this way to go get some cookies and just drop off your candle and enjoy a good time of fellowship. Eat your cook, eat cookies to your heart's delight. Calories won't count because it's Christmas, right? Yeah, that sounds nice. But enjoy some fellowship tonight and uh, take your time. And Lord willing, we will see you guys Sunday morning. Let us pray. Lord God, we come to you this day and we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you uh, for Jesus Christ being the light of the world and that we now can uh, spread this light. Help us to uh, desire to, to shine forth, not just for, not for ourselves, not for our, our church name, but Lord, the, the name of Jesus, that it would go forth and would uh, draw people to repentance and faith. And, and God, that tonight that we would take time tonight throughout the rest of this week to think about what it means the, of this Christmas season, what child this is, that, that Christ has come for us to save us from our sins. Lord, may we love you, may we thank you, may we praise you, pray that you would give us a good, sweet time of fellowship tonight. And uh, Lord, watch over us, God, and right, just keep us safe till we can meet again. And Lord, that we can gather and worship you in spirit and truth this Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, drop off your candles and let's go have a good time of fellowship and eat some good cookies.